0: Today is the last Sunday of our Awaken sermon series as we have been exploring some of the prophets of the Old Testament and really exploring this invitation that they give to awake, to awake to see what God sees, to awake to God's ways, to awake to see what's going on with God's people. Before we get started today, before we dive into our prophet for today, I thought we'd just have a little fun, a little review quiz to see how you're doing at learning about the prophets. So uh, just a few quiz questions. Uh, holler it out if you know the answer. Uh, question number one, which prophet was a bullfrog? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Very good. There, uh, there actually is some speculation that the uh, lyric was indeed referring to Jeremiah the prophet as the song... Uh, um, a three-dog night, right? This song is about bringing together the world around this idea of unity and joy. Uh, I don't know whether that's true or not. Uh, Whatever the case, I'm pretty sure Jeremiah was not a bullfrog. Just make sure we're clear there. Which prophet developed a famous line of cookies? Yes, Uh, Amos. Very good, but not really. Famous Amos cookies, fun fact, uh, began in 1975 in the bakery of Wally Amos in Hollywood. Just a little fact for you to know. Uh, As we covered a couple weeks ago, the prophet Amos was much more concerned about the rich ignoring the poor and people suffering than about cookies. Final question, which prophet has three K's in his name? Habakkuk or Habakkuk. You all do know that the key to pronunciation of prophet names, right? So you just say it with confidence when you're reading and everybody thinks, oh, I've heard it differently, but that must be, that must be how it's pronounced. I really, I think God is okay if we pronounce it wrong. I just have this sense. Uh, show of hands, how many of you can give, could give like a three sentence summary of, uh, of Habakkuk? Okay, then we've got some things to talk about today. That is good. We are going to explore Habakkuk today. You might even leave with that three-sentence summary. Let's, uh, let's pray. Holy God, open your words to us today. Help us to hear and learn from your prophets. Help us to center ourselves in the love and grace and holiness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And guide us in that love to be witnesses of your goodness, of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, to give us some present-day context, each week we've had a conversation to help us think about some of the issues in our day that might help us relate to some of the issues in the day of the prophets. I'm thrilled today to invite Jay Leonard to join me up here as... As we're going to see in our scripture today, Habakkuk sees great pain. Great, uh, great struggle in the world. Jay is an emergency responder who works uh, both out of the uh, fire department and out of the hospital, uh, hospitals in the community, and, and sees the pain and, and hurt in, in our own community. Jay, uh, tell us, let's start with a
1: little bit about you, your family, your uh, what you enjoy doing. <clears throat> well, I'm Jay, and um, my wa- you probably know my wife or have seen my wife. She works here. Um, and my three daughters... Um, And then I have a son, Ethan. He's grown and moved on and and doing his own thing. Um, I work for Clay Fire. I'm a firefighter paramedic. Been with them for about 28 years. Um, Also work for Memorial Hospital and the Children's Hospital as a critical care medic for the pediatric population. Um, And then I dabble at Notre Dame at events. I work at football games. That was like my first specialty that I went into is large event medical. um, And then kind of went off into the pediatric realm. I think you in the Preview. You said you wanted to know what I like to do in my off time. I don't have very much of it. I just like to be outside. <laughs> off time. What's that? I don't <laughs> even yeah, I I know, know what that is. Don't so. even know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, we, we should. T- this is a good. Pl- as, as you've talked about, Jamie. Jamie is our director of hospitality here at Clay Church. Uh, Jay's wife. If you want to uh, honor Jay today for his time, uh, sign up with Jamie to be a greeter or a member of our hospitality teams. So, so that'll, that'll make, make dinner me- conversation a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jay in your role as an emergency responder, I'm giggling because we already talked about this question. Um, what, what, are some of the, what are some of the tough parts? What are some of the tough things you experience in our community? So, I,
1: and, and because we already talked about this. Um, Go for it. So that's the worst question you can ask an emergency responder because we spend all of our lives trying to push this stuff away. We do see the worst times. We see the people in their worst times. Um, but I, as much as I hate the question, I love to answer it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The hardest things we see is loss. We see people lose belongings, they lose their homes, they lose heirlooms, they lose family members, um, they lose time out of their lives to be hospitalized for things. That's the worst part that we see, we, th- just the loss. Whether it's uh, loss of a loved one, loss of um, you know, your home, I remember years ago, I was sitting around the dining room table at the, at the firehouse. This is where all the world's problems are solved, by the way, um, and we're talking, and a young guy, he's like six months into the job, comes running into the table and he says, man, I hope we have a fire tonight. And all of us looked at him and we went, what? Well, the initial instinct is we wanna sleep. You know, we, we're one of the few jobs we get to sleep at work, but when you've done it a while, we've seen what that is it's it's not the excitement of crawling into a burning building it's someone losing something so that's yeah. it, it's just something that grows in and it is something that's loss loss is the the worst part of it
0: yeah we're going to we're going to uh, see in, in in habakkuk today right this this just need to cry out mm-hmm. um, how, how does that get expressed what are i mean how do you how do you feel that in your own life that that need to cry out that or, or see it in the...
1: Well, I have, a, in the, I have an incredible support system, and, and I'm not just saying that because she's here. Um, <laughs> she's but right I, I can literally... She knows sometimes she just needs to listen. I just need to say what's on my mind. I need to say what's going on. Um, as dysfunctional as our family is as firefighters, um, we all support each other. If somebody's having a hard time, you know, we'll pick up their chore for them that night, or we'll go to their house and mow their grass. Um, to give everybody, you know, just things. We help each other. Um, that's and we have, in the growth of the fire service over the years, everybody thinks the fire service is super old, but we think of it as a really young thing, and it's growing every day, and it's expounding every day. Mental health has been a big th- a big focus in the fire service, and and our own personal mental health. Not so much about the community. We're concerned about that, and we, we actively participate in that, we always have, but now we're realizing that our guys are going down from this, and we're trying to figure out how to, to make that better, and, and give us a place, a safe place to go and cry out. To cry out, yeah. right, yeah. Um, another thing Habakkuk is going to talk about is, is waiting,
0: um, waiting in the unknown, waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you've been with families in that, in that waiting. Um, what sustains you? What, what have you seen that sustains uh, others in that? So those times,
1: obviously, the resounding thing that we see people clinging to for hope is their faith. Um, and, And and I don't want to make light of that. But in addition to that faith, it's it's really nice to see community, whatever their community is, surround them whether it's the dinners being taken to their houses while they're visiting a loved one in the hospital, um, somebody opening up their house in a rainstorm because their house is on fire and they need someplace dry to go. Just the, the, the community, um, it really helps people. Um, for me, what gives me hope is just being able to be there. Hmm. To, to be able to, to help them through it's not my first time seeing this. You know. I can kind of guide them that way, but 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was, when Jamie came into my life, um, I was really like at a point where I was ready to hang it up. I'd had enough, I'd seen enough, I, I didn't like going to work, um, we were in the beginning of the you know, opioid epidemic. We're seeing a lot more gun violence. We're seeing poverty. We're seeing a lot of alcoholism. Suicide was, was way high. And I, I said to Jamie one day when we're just chatting, and I said, I don't know why I do this. Like, what, what good am I doing? And, and she just said this very simple thing. Maybe at that moment, you're the face of God. Maybe you're who they need to see. Maybe God's putting you there to be that person. And that, that kind of gives me the hope. Yeah. I also got a haircut because I don't want him to have a <laughs> bad <laughs> image of God. <laughs> I, Jay, that's, uh, um, that's
0: powerful, uh, a way to think about how we are bringing hope into the world. Absolutely. Where, I mean, one of the, one of the things that we're going to see in Habakkuk is that Um, There's no promise it's going to get better in the short term. Uh, In fact in Habakkuk There's kind of this idea. It's it's going to get worse Mm -hmm. Um, how are you going to hang on while it's worse and um, and then Habakkuk Gets a glimpse of what God is doing what God has done and what God is doing where In the toughest part where do you get that glimpse of God in the midst of suffering? Where, Where have you seen God at work? so
1: I have a, a, a bit of an advantage over general para, average paramedics because I get to go into the hospital and I can you know, find out what part of the hospital somebody's in and I can follow up. And being able to follow up gives you that hope and seeing that, so when you're, you're standing on a scene and you know, it's the worst, it's not my worst day, it's their worst day. Um, their worst day, what what kind of hope can you provide them, what can you tell them, what's next, you know. um, Plenty of times I've been standing next to a car in an accident and somebody's trying to sign the form saying they're sore, you know, just being able to say, yeah, and you're gonna be sore tomorrow, but it'll get better. As simple as that statement sounds, it helps down the road. Um, But being able to recall stories of things, um, I've been lucky, I've always been nosy my whole life. So when I first became a paramedic, I wasn't satisfied with dropping a patient off at the emergency room and just forgetting about them. I would try to follow up. I would talk to the doctors, my next call in. I, would you know, a couple days later, call one of the EMS coordinators and say, hey, whatever happened to this person? And early on in my career, I had this experience with a, a five-year-old girl that was born actually three days after my son. So it kind of hit home when I was taking care of her. But she was run over by the neighbor's car. It was completely an accident um mom was freaking out as she should be and um i was busy stabilizing her but at the same time i'm stabilizing mom because i'm by myself in the back of an ambulance and i have to manage everybody that's back there and um it was she did fine in the ambulance vitals were good that kind of stuff she had some very very serious injuries and you could see that but she was compensating so, really fast lights and right, sirens, ride to the hospital, drop her off in the ER. Um, before I was leaving the hospital, there was a helicopter flying away, and my partner goes, I wonder if that's her. And I said, I'll be back. <laughs> I went back in and I asked, Was that her? Yes, that's her. She's flying down. Where are you flying her to? We're flying her to Indianapolis. On the report, the mom said, she she was fine with me following up so i called her the next morning and said hey how are things going we're down here at riley they're not going to operate things are going good we're going to be here for a few days but she's kind of down in her spirits that day we were going to indianapolis for my son to see the doodle bops (laughs) so on our way down i swung through target and i grabbed a teddy bear and a few things and and stopped off at riley's and, and visited her and and wished her well and gave her some games and some coloring books and stuff to do. But um, I've been able to follow that family through and see that today she's a perfectly normal 19, 20 year old girl. Wow, So what a that, that, Those are the things that bring me hope. What a gift.
0: Jay, I, I just want to say thank you for, for sharing today that, you know, what, what I hear in that is one of the ways to hang on to hope is to bring it, right? Mm, I absolutely. mean, to, to offer it, to show it to people by, by, by being Christ's hands and feet, by being God. So let's, let's give Jay a, a huge thank you, thank you for being with us today. I hope you never see Jay at work. Uh, but if you do, we're thankful that you'll be in, in good hands. Habakkuk is a, is a short book. It's three chapters. Most people don't know much about it, so you're in good, you're in good company. Before we dive in, I, I'll share this. I, I have found Habakkuk challenging, like really challenging, Actually, if I'm honest, I have found Habakkuk a bit terrifying. Um, At the same time, before you panic or decide, whoa, I'm out of here, I don't want to hear anything terrifying today, at the same time, I think Habakkuk is extraordinarily rich in teaching about faith, deeply encouraging in how we can live as, as followers of God, followers of Jesus. If you're curious about one, how one book can be all of that, let's, uh, let's dive in today. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. How long? This is Habakkuk's prayer. This is where Habakkuk His prophecy begins, his lament, his cry out to God. Have you ever wanted to cry out to God? I just yesterday, as I was thinking about this message, I just pulled up ABC News, just pulled up the website yesterday afternoon, and this is what was on it, shooting, 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 Death, death, shooting, shooting. How long, God? But we don't have to look outward. We can look at our own community and and the struggles and what we are experiencing and just say, How long, God? How many more relationships have to break because we can no longer be together in the same room when we don't see the world the same way? How long, God? How long, God, do we have to see the church tearing apart people who who say they follow Jesus but speaking ill of other followers who denigrate and cast judgment on anyone who interprets the Bible differently than, than they do, who are driving people away from Jesus and your church? How long, Lord? How long, How long, God, do we have to endure hypocrisy and and hatred? Those who claim to care but, but live as though those who suffer deserve it or that nobody else matters. How long, Lord? How long, Lord? Will the suffering continue? Will the injustice remain? Will racism and sexism continue to hurt while some turn their backs or deny that it even exists how long lord how long will we continue to solve problems with violence how long will people continue to die from being shot how long will communities continue to be devastated by hatred and violence how long lord Habakkuk shows us that it is okay to cry out. It is okay to name the pain that we're feeling and name the pain that we see in the community. It is okay to let God know that our hearts hurt. It is okay to question, Where are you, God? How long will this go on? Habakkuk shows us that it is a statement of faith. To have the conversation with God when we're struggling instead of walking away. I have to warn you, this is where Habakkuk to me gets a little terrifying. God answers Habakkuk. And the answer, it's not so much fun. God says, I am going to send the justice that you're asking about, there's gonna be justice. And it isn't going to come like you think. Babylon is going to come in and destroy you. I can imagine Habakkuk going, no, 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 no. (laughs) That's not what I was asking for. It's like God is is telling Habakkuk, in some ways, it's too late. Other prophets have come with warnings. We know that that Habakkuk is. We, we believe between the the Assyrian invasion and the and the Babylonian invasion, so they have already seen death and, and destruction. It's already come once, and it's about to come again. And Habakkuk's writing in this in-between time, and it's like God is saying the prophets have come, and they have they have spoken of God's way and the right way. And and those who have propped themselves up, those who have ignored the poor and the hurting, those that have ignored the injustice, they have created systems that that. That are not breaking it is and now it is too late. It's like God saying, the only way that things are gonna be set right is for destruction to come. To destroy the mansions and the wealth and the systems that people have built to protect their own comfort among my people. Like and when we look at the world today, isn't that a little terrifying? What if we're the people who think we've got it all figured out? Who've stopped relying on God while the poor and the outcast are suffering? What if we are the ones defending the systems that make us comfortable, leaving God no other way to bring about God's justice, God's kingdom than somehow destroying those systems? Now, there's good news. Habakkuk isn't happy with God's answer right? Perhaps he too finds it a bit terrifying. And so, so Habakkuk complains again. He, he essentially says, that, like, God, this judgment is too much for us to endure. Will empires and wickedness win? Will there ever be justice and goodness to be found again? This is a paraphrase of, of Habakkuk's response. And then, I love this part. I love this part. Habakkuk Then he says, he's struggling with this. He's struggling with where justice is going to come from. He's struggling with, I mean, now he's seeing that, that there's this cancer in society that has been growing. And he sees that God is going to do something, but he doesn't fully comprehend or understand what it is or how it's going to happen or, or how to make it through the pain of what is, lies ahead. And then Habakkuk says this. He says, I will take my post. I will position myself on the fortress. Other translations will say the watchtower. I will keep watch to see what the Lord says to me and how he will respond to my complaints. Right? Habakkuk has not given up. It's like, okay, God, I still don't, I still don't understand. I'm going to stand on this watchtower, and I'm going to wait for you to show me. I'm not going to give up on my faith in you or my voice on behalf of, of God's people. He says, I'll wait. I'm going to position myself on the watchtower. Am I in confident, God, that you are going to answer? I am confident, God, that you will show a way forward. Are we praying with confidence that God will answer? Are we positioning ourselves and our spiritual lives and our lives of prayer to say, God, show me? Are we willing to wait and to watch to pay attention, to wake up to what God might be saying to us. Well, God answers Habakkuk. Then the Lord answered me and said, write a vision and make it plain upon a tablet so that a runner can read it. There is still a vision for the appointed time. It testifies to the end. It does not deceive If it delays, wait for it. For it is surely coming, it will not be late. Some people's desires are truly audacious. They don't do the right thing. But the righteous person will live honestly. God says to to Habakkuk, the person who desires a right relationship with me the person who hangs on to that faith in me, who loves honestly and and desires what is best for community, even above their own personal desires, they will have my vision. They will awaken to see what I am doing, my ways, to see my present, to to see what is good and and right and what is destructive and death-dealing. In this vision that Habakkuk receives, God then goes on and he pronounces woes. Woes on those who take advantage of others. Woes on those who cheat and steal. Woe on those who fail to see that their comfort is built upon the backs of the less fortunate. Woe to those who party and shame others. Woe to those who who seek direction and aim their lives at the values and idols of this world and not God's kingdom. And then, after showing Habakkuk this vision, God drops the mic. Well, like, not literally. But the chapter ends with this, I think of it as like a biblical mic drop statement, but the Lord is in his holy temple. It's like you know where I am. You know where I am. Let all the earth be silent before him. Let all the world bow down, give their lives to the Lord. And this this is where Habakkuk gets really good. This is where if you've drifted off a bit during this message like come back cuz this is where this is where Habakkuk says what I think we need to hear you're going to want to hear this I think we need to hear this what Habakkuk says in response to God he says Lord I have heard of your fame I stand in awe of your deeds Lord right Habakkuk has had a glimpse that God is at work repeat them in our day he says in our time make them known in wrath remember mercy Habakkuk saying I know that God isn't done yet that's what Habakkuk sees. God, I, know, I now know that God isn't absent in this suffering. Right? God is with us. Habakkuk says, I, I get that the suffering isn't going to have the last word. God is going to have the last word. I now understand that the injustice and the pain and the suffering won't last forever because God's kingdom will come. But this doesn't mean that the present is going to be easy. Oh, sometimes I think we, we miss this. We think, oh, if I just have faith, then everything works itself out. No, no, no. Habakkuk sees. He's like, it, it's not going to be easy. It does not mean that the troubles in this moment, in this life, are going to go away. Right? People, they're still going to be judgmental and hurtful. Systems of injustice, somehow in our world today, they find a way to endure. The church will continue to suffer from those who who don't lead, who don't face forward with God's love. People will still use violence as a means of power. Suffering will remain, but, this is Habakkuk's big, but, I heard and my heart pounded, he says. My lips quivered at the sound decay, crept into my bones and my legs trembled. And Habakkuk feels that pain in the world, that fear of what is ahead. But then he says this, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. I love what Jay said earlier in the midst of the the, the suffering, right? Where do you find hope? You bring it. You bring it with you. You testify to a God who's not done yet. Habakkuk shows us in the lament and the cries and the pain in our community. It may not go away, but we don't have to give up. Why? Because God is in it with us. And then Habakkuk says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Have you ever seen the feet of a deer? Like they just, they just bounce along. My feet like the feet of a deer. I can let go of those things that are holding me down that are keeping me from being hopeful and filled with joy for those around me, that can keep me from sharing the joy of the Lord with others. I can let go of all of that. He enables me to tread on the heights. Yet I will rejoice. Why? Because I know that in the end, God will set things right. I know that God has not abandoned me. You see, we could return the judgment and hurtfulness in our world that we see around us. We could give in to cynicism. We could give up. We could lose hope. Habakkuk shows us another way, the way of faith in God. Habakkuk shows us the way that we now know is faith in Christ, that God is present even in the cross, even in the suffering. God understands the suffering, even death. And in the resurrection, God promises, shows us the promise, shows us the power of God to overcome even death, that not even death will have the last word. So even when things are at their worst, even when the pain seems overbearing, even when it feels like the enemy is winning, I will rejoice, Habakkuk says, because I know that God is with me. God awakens us to find hope in the promise of God's presence and final victory. So what do we do with this? Well, as things seem to fall apart around us, we must share love with even greater grace and acceptance so that people will know that this is the love of Christ. As things said or done in our community cause us pain and cause others to turn away, we must deepen community in Jesus because that is how we experience Christ's presence and share it with others. As we struggle, as the world continues to fight among each other, as others judge and, and wrest away control, we must turn to Jesus and let go and let God love even our enemies so that others may glimpse the vision of God that we have in Jesus Christ. And how do we do all that? Remember that three sentence summary I promised you? It gets even better, it's just a few words. Here's what Habakkuk shows us, teaches us. One, cry out. Cry out when you need to, because God hears and God understands. God can handle our anger. Two, wait patiently. The suffering may be great, but God is with us in and through it. If we don't give up, if we wait patiently with expectation, we'll catch a glimpse and finally rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in every moment that God is here, that God is near. Rejoice so fervently and joyfully that others want to know that God that we know, the God that saves, the God who sent his son so that all who believe in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Amen. Amen.